welcome to Season 6 of Talking Home Renovations with the Housemaven. I am your host, Catherine McPhail. I am an architect. I practice in Massachusetts. My specialty is additions and renovations to older homes. I'm especially interested in sustainable renovations and new technologies. This season, I'll be speaking with women in renovations. These women could be in construction, real estate, design. They could be homeowners with a story to tell. Each will bring her experience and advice to people who are planning a home renovation of their own. The first five seasons have covered all aspects of home renovations from foundations to roofing, sustainable renovations, DIY projects, how to hire professionals, and there are lots of home renovation stories and advice from all types of people. Gabriella Samosa joined me this week. She is the owner of the Octagon House in Cape May, New Jersey. I was drawn to Gabriella's Instagram account because her house is so unusual and beautiful. Gabriella teamed up with her brother Oliver eight years ago to start S7 Real Estate, which develops affordable housing in up-and-coming neighborhoods in Philadelphia. Gabriella and I jumped right into the subject of the season, which is women and renovations. I like to support women, and I appreciate the chance to explore the subject. We're almost done with the season, and we have one more episode until we move on to season seven. So stay tuned for that. Gabriella and I discussed her passion for interior design, her interest in historic preservation, and she had some advice about purchasing a home for yourself versus as an investment property. Here's my conversation with Gabriella. So I'm talking to women and about their, I mean, some, it's kind of interesting because I try to get contractors, like female contractors to talk about their feelings about being women in renovations and a lot of the women that i talk to don't even want to bring it up it's kind of like don't even we're just not bringing that up they're not bringing up that they're like female contract the existence of female contractors or they're not bringing up as a female working with contractors i don't want to talk about it no no it's kind of like female contractors don't want to draw like don't want to talk about how they're female in the industry because they just feel like it's better not to poke the beast, I guess. So I don't know oh, what, you know, I, I don't know. Or, or like, if we just act like them, then it's not an issue. Like, it's not an issue. And I said, okay. So everybody has a different take on it. So some people might not want to talk about being women in renovation. I mean, mm-hmm. I think I've spoken to some people recently who the, they were saying that they just felt really empowered being able to do it themselves and whatever. Um. So I guess I, the, the, the that last part, just to answer the last part of your question, like, I... I do a lot of, you know, certain certain projects around the house I do myself and and I really enjoy it. I think when you're working on an old home and a, a space, it, it doesn't have to only be an old home, but a space that you love um, and you, no matter what your price point is, it's to take care of something cost money. And so if you're putting your time and your money into it, um, you know, you you take kind of pride of like that ownership part of it. And the most frustrating part of working with contractors is I think sometimes they forget that they're 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 more seeing it as a project and a paycheck and the the homeowner, which in my case, I'm a woman. And so working with contractors, my biggest experience and my biggest takeaway from them is they forget that women tend to be meticulous and truly care about details. And we're a lot more detailed oriented because we're 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 very sensitive to like 
these changes that they make and choices that they make. Um, I had a contractor tell me we were deci- we were deciding between our kitchen knobs, like where the specific position of where the knob should be. And he was showing me all these options. And I was like, wow, that's, I personally had never known that people care so much about where the specific knob should go on a kitchen cabinet. And his immediate response back was like, I've worked with a lot of women and this is one of the things that is their pet peeve that yeah. they want that level of detail. Um, and so I, I can understand why a lot of women get really, really frustrated with contractors because they tend to be more male and they tend to be very dominating and that they know everything. True. And sometimes it's not always about knowing everything. It's about understanding your client and understanding your client's needs and your client is a woman. Hmm. Uh, so. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. It's true. I think that women maybe are more into the details. I mean, generally speaking, I don't know why that would be. Maybe we notice things more. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. I don't know either. I just, I just noticed the difference between when I'm working in a space versus a contractor, like, and maybe it's the variety of contractors I've worked with, but I tend to always say, if you screw up the last 10%, I'm never going to hire you again because the ni- the first 90% is great, but nobody sees most of the 90%. I will see that last 10% where like the knob placement or like where you position the cabinet that now, you know, as an example in my kitchen and I can't make this change because I've put so much tile work, my contractor put the, the water, you know, the thing that they cut the pan, uh, oh God, what are they called? The pot, the, pot filler? Pot filler. He put it too low. Mm. So it just, it just, I'm sorry, he put it too high. So every time I use it, I remember him and I get so frustrated because the water splashes everywhere and I'm like, what it would cost for me to change this? And it's just such a stupid, small detail that was like missed and not thoughtful and like, mm. you know, and me also just being novice and not going in there and measuring and like trying, what am I supposed to? check every single ounce of their work and so those are the pieces that like really get to you um at least me they really get to be that last like 10 percent of a contractor's job is like please didn't do it right <laughs> right and you don't want to micromanage people but at the same time right. you really really want it to be done the way you were envisioning i live in philadelphia and i had invested starting in my like low 20s in um long-term rentals in philly and um as a New Yorker, <laughs> I would never say that I would never think that I would ever own a piece of property in the state of New Jersey. Uh, we obviously clearly have a big rivalry, but um, I in Philly, you know, you a, a lot of folks tend to if they if they have a second home, it tends to be on the Jersey Shore. You get a lot of people that just live down there. So I just had friends along the way that you know, would invite me to their beach home. And um, at the time I was engaged to a gentleman who was actually in the Coast Guard. And so when COVID happened and my job went like completely, completely remote, we, we had been looking for a place in Philadelphia to just have like our own home and um, everything changed. Like, the- so we started saying, I mean, maybe we, if, you know, maybe we don't buy our first home in Philly. Maybe we buy it outside of Philadelphia. And we started playing with a bunch of different areas. And uh, we were like, are we crazy? Should we try the beach? Like, would that be nuts? And so he was like, well, you know, 
I, I've always loved Cape May. The Coast Guard is based down there. So every person in the U.S. Coast Guard gets trained in Cape May, which is pretty crazy. Um, and so we went and I just fell in love with the area and I started looking for houses and this house popped up and it just like I kept going back to it. Like we looked at other houses and obviously I didn't make that decision like in two weeks. Like it was like I was looking at houses over months and in a bunch of different areas and I kept, I don't know, it just drew me. Like I kept wanting to go see it. And I, finally I was like, all right, we've got to walk into this house. We've got to go see it. And I did. And, you know, I'm, I'm actually really, really grateful because I think the photos online didn't do the house justice, which was the reason maybe it was on the market for a lot longer than it should have been. But I walked into the house and I was like, this is amazing. Like I just, it, I never looked back. Like it was easy. I, within a day I put an offer on it and we were negotiating and it was done, you know. Did you, how was the condition of the house? Did you have a lot of work to do in it? Yeah. I, I mean, I, you know, I think nowadays you kind of need those more modern amenities. Like they, they had, it was, I'm not a big person on carpet. I, 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 in very rare circumstances, do I like carpet over hardwood? I love hardwood floors. And these, the, the things that were done to the property, it was adding just, it was, it was almost, it was just taking away from the beauty of an old house. And so some of the bedrooms had carpet that we immediately ripped up. And then you just had these beautiful hardwood floors that you just had to sand down. Like that was like just immediately taking off. Um, you know, there was no central air. So they had air conditioners. There was central air on the bottom floor, but not the top floor, mm. which really doesn't really work anyway. I, I don't know how they, they survived in that case. I, I think most of the time they must have just used it as like a summer home because it just, I don't know how their heating worked properly. It just didn't, you know, anyway. Um, so that was like something we added. We added, you know, central air to the second floor. Um, kind of like just modern, simple basics like that. And then that kitchen, I, I'm pretty sure they were the ones that renovated. I can't be 100% sure, but just based on the material and the stuff that they used, because the the owners before them had owned the property for like 50 years. So I just was like, the, they were probably the ones that rehabbed that kitchen. And they just, they just made it really small and very, like I said, very dark and like just really heavy choices, you know, in a house that needs a lot of light. And, and, um, so yeah, we, we've been doing a lot of rehabbing on it, but it also had amazing bones. Like I have plaster all over the house and I love the plaster. I honestly, genuinely in the bedrooms, I won't touch the walls unless I have to. I only did drywall downstairs because we redid the kitchen and even the living room still has plaster. And I think there's some real beauty to like just a wall that isn't like absolutely perfect. Um, yeah, I agree. You know, I mean, the one thing you miss is insulation right now. And that that's my thing is that as I fix each room, you know, that's the one thing you take away the plaster, but you add insulation. <laughs> I'm trying to imagine the floor plan. Is it kind of like eight wedges, essentially, in your house? So everybody thinks that before they come to the house, they think like the rooms will be strange. Mm -hmm. But the truth is, is that most of so most of the, all three bedrooms are square, except for the closets. The closets are the triangles. Hmm. So the bedrooms themselves are the squares, and then the closets are the triangles. So yeah, if you look at the room holistically, okay, it's not a 
it's not a perfect square, um, but but and and my the the master bedroom it has like instead of a it has a closet, but then it has like a little alcove area that we basically have a chair and you can sit and read. That is also like kind of like a little triangle. But then the hallways are, you know, straight and like most of the rooms are actually configured pretty normally than people would have imagined. Mm. People also think like they're walking like they're going to be like walking in circles, you know, like like not like thinking, yeah, but you won't feel it. You are walking in a circle, but you won't really like feel it as you walk through the space. So like the downstairs, I probably think is probably more configured I guess a little bit differently in the sense that when you walk in that's where the staircase goes like you go straight upstairs and there's Mm. like this little foyer and and so that space is like configured I guess like five sides I guess that just that that section but then if you go into the living room that's a square Mm. you go into the kitchen that's a square with like a little enclave that is the pantry. So then the pantry becomes the triangle. Mm. And then on the other side of that wall, I turned it into essentially like a mud room that goes to the back of the house. Um, and then on that other side, it is, a, it, that's probably the one room that's, that, that make people go, oh, whoa, this is a little crazy, where it's like a little rectangle bathroom with a little bathroom off, like a, a, a toilet off that bathroom area. And that's, again, a triangle. I think I have more triangle. I have triangles and squares. <laughs> yeah. I have majority of. <laughs> oh, interesting. Is this your final home? Do you think? I think it's a home that I would never ever sell unless I had to. Like unless I really had to. I've really just fallen in love with the space, and it's like the perfect size for my family and friends. And I, I would really, it would really be hard to see myself selling it. Like I said, unless I really had to. I mean, who knows? Ten years, yeah, right. you're your whole minds change, your life changes, but it would be really hard for me. But I invest in real estate. So the answer of, is it my last home? The answer is no, (laughs) Right. but but I do it as a profession. If it was my, if I didn't do that as my profession, this would be, this would definitely be a home that I would live. I'm a, I'm a born and raised New Yorker. So I think I will always live in a city, but in terms of a weekend place that I can, you know, I, I rent it out during the summer, actually, um, to subsidize like the costs and stuff like that. Mm. Um, so I use it as like a vacation home rental, but in the fall, it's like the, it's such a beautiful place to go to and, you know, have a nice three day weekend. And it's only an hour and a half from Philly. So it's very easy in terms of commute. And, but yeah, it's, it's definitely a forever home. It's, it's a wonderful space. So in your professional life, do you spend time renovating those properties as well? And then you rent them, rent them out. So you must've learned a lot about the process during your whole career. Yeah. This one was different. This because the the properties that we invest in in Philadelphia. I mean, we never do really low grade um uh, renovations, but you're renovating for a different audience. You're renovating for someone who is going to live there like a full year lease long term. Um, you're not doing the most high end because tenants beat things up just naturally, not even if they're a bad tenant. They just, you know, someone's living there. And so if they're living there for a year, two, three, four years, they beat stuff up, like stuff gets worn down. Mm-hmm. Um, so this this was the first house that I went in where like all of my my uh, interior choices were a lot different. They were I was so more in love with like every piece of tile and every color palette. And I'm still to this day, I've bought a piece of furniture and then I say, 
all right, this isn't the perfect piece of furniture and I'll sell it on Facebook marketplace and go buy another one. Like I'm still, it's like, it's like a love affair with interior design on this one, as opposed to my other ones are more, um, they're more cookie cutter. Yeah. We know kind of our, the the color scheme is the same. We try to keep it all the same because it, in terms of maintenance, you don't want 50 different paint colors. True. True. Yeah. Yeah. You want something very simple and, and it still looks nice, but it's not, you know, the house, like, I, the octagon house has about 50 of its own different color palettes. So I think my biggest advice is make sure that, you know, I think folks, you know, look at stuff like, um, you know, where, where the house is located and they have like a set of provisions of like when they're going into a space and, and they're trying to buy it and, and they don't, they're not very flexible on some of those position provisions. Um, my advice is making sure to buy something that, especially if it's going to be a home in that you're going to put a lot of money into, buy something that fits your your needs and your space and something that you're truly going to love. Because I think sometimes if someone says, well, I really want to be in this specific area code and you have, you know, 10 or 15 mediocre houses that you don't. You, you haven't fallen in love with, and I'm not saying you're you're going to fall in love with every single house, but the cost and and the time it takes to rehab some of these, and the frustration that's going to come out of it, you really want to end up with a beautiful space in the end, and a space that you're going to love. I I just saw a house that's directly across the street from me. I was so curious about this; it, it hadn't even gone on the market, and I just knew the neighbor. And I walked through that house, and as much as I thought, wow, this would be a great investment because it'd be literally directly across the street. Everything could be so seamless between the two houses. I hated the space. I hated the layout. I was like, the rooms are too small. The the bottom of the house would need structural problems because it was basically like slanted to the ground. I was was walking through it and I was like, I would never want to live here. But I think a lot of people go into it being like, oh, it'd be so nice to be across the street from my mom or I love this zip code and I want to be in Cape May so badly. And so I'm going to buy a house that might have a lot of things that you're kind of like jeopardizing on. And so uh, that would be my one big thing, because I think a lot of the other things, whether it's negotiating with contractors, which are extremely difficult and like, um, you know, coming up with a budget, which can also be extremely stressful. Money is very, very stressful. All of those things you can kind of circumvent and you can figure out a solution to. But if you don't love that house 100% of the way, oh, my God, that's that'll make everything else so much more stressful. Hmm. Uh, that is a yeah. good point. And there is there is some power to that, loving your house. Yeah. My investment advice is totally different. Like if you're doing this from an investment side, you can't fall in love with everything, but if it's your home that you're going to like live in and you want to slowly restore and spend that money, make sure it's the right piece. Make sure it's the right one. You know? So you have your Instagram account. Yes. Is yes. It- it's the octagon house. That's it. Yeah. And you have a lot of followers on there. Yeah. How do you feel about being part of the whole old house community on there? I, I honestly, I really love it. I think you learn the fastest way that I've gotten a lot of information is, is learning from other people and seeing what people have done in spaces that Mm. I just, I love when people post like before and afters. Those are like my, I I can go down a rabbit hole watching people do that. I, I, there's also kind of like a small community of folks in Cape May 
that rehab. And so we've created like chats that we've said, oh, you know, what platform are you using? Or where do you go buy materials? Or, oh, I love that lamp. Where did you get it? And like, that's really nice. And I feel like Instagram in some ways has built that type of a community where you can, you know, like I, I think I follow most octagon houses that I've like tracked down through mm-hmm. like hashtags and stuff like that. Um, because I'm curious to see how other people's homes are laid out. Um, I love it. I think it's, it's, I mean, it's obviously can take up a lot of time. Don't spend too much time on it, but yeah. it does give you a community and it does give you ideas of what you can do your space. And people are amazing. I mean, people do really affordable ideas too, like mm-hmm. stuff that like, you're like, whoa, they, they got all that stuff at like Lowe's, like what? Like, yeah. it's, yeah. it's like a library, you know, like when I was trying to figure out what, um, what porch railing style that I wanted to do, because you can go down a rabbit hole of like all these different styles and what would look nice. And I was trying to find something because my house is Italian eight. Mm. So I was trying to find something and that's where I started. I just started putting in like all these searches to try to find something like what style of porch railing would I want to do? You know, you can walk around the community and you can see what everybody's done, but everybody your house, like my house is 1860. Some people's house is much later than or earlier than that, much later than that. And all those styles start to change, you know, what your influence, you know, was. And so that's what's nice about you could also do a nice search. I mean, obviously, there's Google, but definitely try to preserve as much as you can. Um, when I went in front of the historical board, it's it's really interesting because these are folks that their whole job is to make sure that these homes like stay as true to as they were back then as possible. Obviously, the exteriors, you know, just the exterior, not the interiors. Um, and they're they're really tough and they go in. I mean, I I was the last to present and all the people in front of me basically got rejected. They were like, no. You can't you can't do that because that's not how it was before. And I mean, that's very specific. I don't know if all if if there's a lot if that's pretty common in mm-hmm. more. No, um, it is. Communities. It is. It yeah. is. Yeah. I mean, if you're in a town that has an active board, I, I would say anybody who owns a house like that should go to some of those meetings ahead of going to them themselves because you can learn a lot from the people getting rejected at those meetings and why they got rejected. Mm-hmm. Like the railing is um not appropriate or they don't like the mm-hmm. style of the uh the grills and the windows or the muntins or mullions or whatever you call them. Yeah. Um yeah, because they are not fooling around. <laughs> right? Yeah. They they Seriously. they have a um they have a responsibility to the integrity of the historic district, I guess. Yeah. And although old homes come with a lot of problems, I got to tell you, like, the quality of what you get is, I mean, insane. Like, the quality of wood that was, that they used back then. Like, the thickness, like, our studs, like, when we took out all that plaster in the kitchen, like, the thickness of the studs and almost, like, preserved, like, crazy that, that, that all that time built back in 1860, like over a hundred years old and still we wouldn't touch them. Like you, I mean, you have to put a couple supports because you're adding extra things. But other than that, I mean, like, it's amazing that the quality of what you're getting, mm-hmm. um, but while they may be expensive in the long run, like the, the root, the under part of our roof, um, like our, our front porch roof, 
all of that wood is still existing. Like mm. it's it was that was how the house was originally built. And that's what blows my mind, that if you look underneath, you can still see that wood has still lasted as long as it has. I mean, it's just nuts. So, um, yeah, you know, it's, it's not amazing. something that's going to just like blow away in 30 years. Like it just, it's really incredible how they, um, back then that quality was just there. They really had quality. Um, nowadays, not as much, <laughs> not no, in all properties. <laughs> well, the trees are much younger that they're harvesting for the, for the wood, you know, so the lumber isn't the same quality and lumber and yeah. the windows are definitely not the same quality windows. Uh, agreed. Agreed. That That is one thing. That'll be my next project is hopefully this fall. I'm going to do all the windows upstairs because they're they're like those old, like, you know, when the wind blows, you just hear, you can like hear, hear them going. Um, you just have to put the storm, those like storm windows down. You have like two layers of windows. Yeah, so, I have those, yeah. Uh, th- that's a nice modern touch. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the podcast. I wouldn't be able to do this without you, the listener. I invite you to join me on Instagram at Talking Home Renovations, where we are building up a friendly community. Other ways to get in touch are in the show notes, including the weekly newsletter that includes photos from the episodes. It's kind of worth signing up for that. Talking Home Renovations with Alice Maven is proud to be a member of Gable Media, the most engaged AEC network on the planet. If you're into architecture, check out what the network has to offer at gablemedia.com. That is G-A-B-L-M-E-D-I-A dot com. Until next time, take it easy.